an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. I've definitely known very weirdly from the moment I started meditating that I would share this message with a lot of people. I'm talking millions of people. Like, and and let me just tell you, I of anyone that you would ever know, you would not have picked me <laughs> as being that person. Right. I never would have picked me as that person. I've never ever wanted to be in the spotlight. And when I woke up, literally, I was like, uh, that's me. Like I got to do that. And I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to share all this stuff with everybody, but I worked towards it and I just stayed in my intuition and following my heart and just feel feeling what feels good and connecting all these things. I mean, I think because like we talked about all these very specific things happened to me that I was like, there's just no way. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. It's been a little while. It's been at least a month. Yeah, I feel like maybe it's even been longer than maybe two months. It might have been. Okay, yeah, actually, let's talk about it because you had just started 75 Hard. You were talking about you'd be finished in the middle of October. You want to share where you're at? Sure. I was doing great, loving it, doing all my, my five critical tasks every day. Didn't think it was super hard, challenging at moments where we were traveling and we'd be in the car for 10 hours. I'd need to pee all the time because I'm drinking so much water. We were walking outside in thunderstorms at 1030 at night. That's where it got challenging. But when you're home, I didn't think it was so challenging. However, on day 51 out of 75, I, of 75, I realize the next day that I did not read 10 pages of a book. <sighs> I, and I had a morning routine. I wake up, I, I work out for 45 minutes. I meditate and read. And on that particular day, I had a work call and I did not complete my reading in time. So I put the book on my desk and said, I'll read it later. And then went about my entire day. At the end of the day, I went to go check off my list because I have there's an app for 75 Hard and I was like, wow, that's so weird. I didn't check off anything today. And Mark's like, are you sure you did everything? I'm like, of course. Check, 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 check. The next day I woke up and I went to go find my book because I do everything in one room. So I gather everything together and I saw my book on my desk. And I was like, holy, <laughs> not read yesterday. My heart sank. I broke oh. out of tears. Oh, It was awful. I was so upset. I, I'm not a crier. I cried for like a good hour on and off. I was so just frustrated with myself. And not one time during my meltdown did I ever think I was going to stop. I knew I was going to start over again. Wow. To me was a huge shift because before I did 75 hard, I don't know if I would have restarted right away. I, I don't know. I think I would have been like, F this, you know what I mean? I'm pissed. Mm -hmm. The first thing Mark said to me was like, oh, you don't have to tell anybody. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> kind of thing like that. 
I said, but I know, I know. And that's a lot of people's reactions. I mean, I talked to a lot of people that day and they're like, can you just read 20 pages today? And, you know, right. It's not the same thing. I know. And Mm -hmm. I was super, super disappointed. A lot of tears that day. But an hour later after I realized I was out walking and starting my day, starting my 75 hard day one, and I'm on day 33. And I really do. Yeah. Mark finished. We celebrated him. He finished a week ago. I'm really happy for him. And I recognize the fact that I've been doing this for 80 some days. So I've been at this. And what one of our coaches says, our life coaches says, it's not a challenge. It's a program. And it's a program that could take you 280 days to complete. Yeah. 75 days consecutively. And I will finish this time. I mean, I am so diligent. And it taught me I need to be more still. I can't just like when someone asks me a question, just answer it. Because I, if, if I really mm-hmm. would have thought about it, Mark said, are you sure you did all your tests? And I would have said, okay, let me remember me doing this. Let me remember doing this. If I would have just slowed down, I would have acknowledged it. So I've learned lessons. I've set myself up. I don't get something done. I put a reminder in my calendar. I've learned things from it. And I've learned that I am, when I commit to something, I do it. And it has brought me a lot of pride and just gratitude for the work that I've been putting into this. And I'm seeing changes like mentally, I I feel tougher. I feel more committed to things. When I say I'm doing something, I do it. I'm seeing physically like my body is definitely getting stronger and tighter. I was able to do crow pose the other day. I'd never have been able to hold if anybody does yoga where you kind of put your hands down on the ground and you rest your knees on your elbows or your top of your and you're upside down. Wow. Holding your whole body up on your hands. I never was able to do that before and I'm able to hold it for like 20 seconds or something like that. So I'm noticing that my body is getting stronger and it's, it's been a really good experience for me. I'm really grateful for it. And Anybody that's interested in just being more mentally tough and up-leveling their life and when they make commitments, wanting to keep it, I highly, highly recommend doing 75 hard. Well, it's interesting because you're talking about one of the four agreements, which is, well, a couple of them actually, now that I think about it, always do your best, but also be impeccable with your word. So you knew that you had broken the rule. And so you're being impeccable with yourself, which is definitely a fifth chakra issue. It's about speaking your truth to yourself and others. And we know when we are doing that inner dialogue, that is untrue. You're committing to things. Now I'm very curious. Do you recall at any point, was there anything in you that pinged your intuition? Oh, so this is interesting. That did not ping, but I did get a ping earlier that day. We were doing a new moon Zoom call. So it was a new moon and there were some people that are in Mark's, part of Mark's empowerment room from Clubhouse that organized this call and they were pulling tarot cards and someone got an abundance card and I, I recognize I love it. And I, and I actually said, I'm reading a book by one of my mentors, Danette May, called Embrace Abundance. And I was like, it's such a great book. That was the day I didn't read those 10 pages. (laughs) Like, what the heck? Somebody like completely, my intuition like completely was there and I did not listen to it. That and then something else happened, but I definitely got two pings on it that day and did not listen. So that's Mm. my card that I pulled was stillness. Yeah. I am really, really working on being more still, quieting my mind listening to my intuition. I mean, your intuition is constantly pinging you. Mm -hmm. you Quiet down and go, what do I do next? Just listen to the first thing that comes to your mind. The first thing you hear, just do it. Just 
That's what flow is all about. I'm learning. It's just what comes up next. Okay, do it. Don't listen to the, whatever comes after it. That's your bitch voice. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. And I hear people's bitch voice all the time. It and is you could call it out, right? Completely call it out. And Mark and I just laugh. Oh, that's their bitch voice. I mean, a lot of people reached out to Mark when he completed it. He did a post about what he got out of it. And like three different people called Mark and said, I'm really interested in hearing about this. Can you talk to me about it? And all you hear people say is why they can't do it. My, I'm so busy. My work is so crazy. I have kids. I have this. It's like, no, we know people that have kids, somebody with a kid with special needs. She works a crazy full-time executive job. I mean, and she does it. She did it. You can do anything. It's just a matter of priorities. Right. Definitely. It's whether or not you want to make it a priority or not. Yeah. yeah. So that sucks, though. You had to go through Halloween. Um, not No sugar, right? Yes. And we are like completely bah humbugs this year at Halloween because we live in a neighborhood that's planned community and the houses are really close together. So mm. thousands of kids <laughs> come <laughs> to the house. And I live like, like on the main road. So people just bring their kids into our neighborhood to go trick-or-treating. We don't even know who any of the kids are. And everybody's is so nice, so nice. But I was just kind of over it this past two years. So I didn't even buy candy or give out candy this year. Oh, my God, Amy. I, we got to talk. <laughs> I know. I really was. I just kind of, I'm like over it. We went to go to dinner at my in-laws, and she didn't want to open the door for unvaccinated children. <laughs> so <laughs> she, we just hung out there. <laughs> we were oh, my God. Humbugs. It's funny. We were just talking about that yesterday. I took my son out trick-or-treating and I was like, I wonder who doesn't participate in this. Like what kind of story they've got going on? <laughs> and somebody said, yeah, people who are bah humbug. And I was like, uh, yeah. So <laughs> Amy, you're now no. that group. I've never been a huge Halloween person that like, I loved it. It was just seemed like too much pressure for me to get the right costume and do this and do that. And it always seemed like it was more hassle than it was fun. That's my personal experience. I love watching people dress up. I love families that get into it. And mm -hmm. I do find joy in watching that. I just, for some reason, I don't know, just not as, not as into it these days, which is kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, so I, I also don't really particularly love Halloween just because it's scary and it's ghosts and things like that. But yesterday I made a box that said, do you dare? And it with a hole in it and it said biohazard and it like, it was like all nuts. And I had the kids putting their hands in and touching what I told them was body parts <laughs> and it was an egg for an eyeball. It was string cheese for a finger and uh jello i said was the tongue and some noodles was and they're gluten-free was the brain and what else oh my god <laughs> well i got one of these like jello cups and the kids touched it and i said it was the guts and when they pulled their hand out there was a the little bread. bit of this whipped cream no it was oh. a little bit of whipped cream like because the jello was underneath that and they were like oh so they loved it. Even the parents wanted to touch it and like just have the experience of being like a kid. So I was loving that. That was a lot of fun. But yeah, and you know, it's funny. I forget how much trauma there can be around like what you were just saying, like the pressure to have a costume that's accepted or cool. I only thought of it on the day of Halloween when Aiden was wearing his costume. And I was like, oh my gosh, is he going to get bullied for any reason? Like, is that going to be an issue? So I realized how much bullying can happen on such a day. And it's really sad. And I could feel 
the surge of shame and, and lack of acceptance and all that stuff yeah. go through me. And then I got hot and I was like, Oh, okay. I got to clear this, you know, like this feeling. And I don't even remember being bullied specifically about what I might've chosen, but I think it was all the anxiety that used to build up before the holiday of what are people going to think of me wearing this thing? I never really thought about it, but I'm sure. I mean, I was worried about being judged and am I going to look good enough? And yeah, I definitely think that has to do with maybe me just not embracing dressing up as an adult as much just because I'm just over it by now. Like I don't have to do it and I don't want to do it. I saw a post that went viral about this kid that dressed up as Tony Stark. Oh, yes, I saw that. Got completely bullied and it was so sad. So sad. It's so he ridiculous. School, he, and he looked so cute. And people were like, you're weird. And he like went to the bathroom, wiped off his whole face 20 minutes yeah. later, called his mom like, I want to come home. Yeah. So he he did wind up going back to school, though, fully with makeup on and everything. Oh, he um, did. Yeah. He put the beard back on and he dressed as Tony Stark. But yeah, it's very interesting. I, I And that seems like such an odd thing to like bully, you know, like a Tony Stark in his like regular clothes, you know. <laughs> cool he did he looked cool and by the way his last name's awesome i know um, <laughs> exactly i thought you'd appreciate that it's really hit or miss right what kids want choose to do in terms of bullying it's not always what you think i heard a great story out here of a kid who dressed like a female character who was a guy and then he went to school and he was completely accepted for wearing that outfit Aww. and his mom was very worried and she thought this could go really awful and thankfully it didn't so there are good stories out there. Yeah. So today, what are we talking about, Amy? Well, we thought it would be fun to just kind of dig, pull back the curtain to Amy Stark and just kind of ask you some questions to get to know you a little bit better. And there's, I know there's probably some new listeners out there that might not have known your background or your story. So maybe we'll, we'll touch a little bit on that. Sure. Sounds good. Okay. Awesome. So my first question to you is growing up, what was your biggest challenge and how did you overcome it? Wow. I feel like I, I have I to say like that I know the answer I would, <laughs> I would give for you. I'm curious to know if it matches. Oh, okay. Yeah. We should probably see if you, how, how well do you know, Amy? Yeah. <laughs> it's so confusing with us both being named Amy. We got to come up with a nickname for you or something. What do they yeah. call you? My close people call me Ames. I know. Me too. <laughs> yeah. People at work used to call me Ruben, which is Rube, yeah, Rubes, right. Rubes. Yeah. yeah. I have a lot of nicknames. Yeah. Okay. Growing up for sure. The number one thing that I struggled with a hundred percent was my health. Like I was always sick. I was constantly on antibiotics. I was constantly in doctor's offices. They were always like, I don't know why Amy's always so sick. I had terrible asthma. I had bronchitis every single year. I had flu. I mean, it was just like I had pneumonia. I had multiple times sometimes in a winter. So here's, here's what I used to think of the world. So horrible fall, terrible allergies. I can't go outside. I can't play in leaves. The mold was just overwhelming. And then I'd be like, okay, well, at least that'll go away and then it'll be winter. But then I would get sick throughout the whole winter and then spring would come and I would see all these beautiful flowers and I'd be completely allergic <laughs> and scared to go outside until like middle of June. And then I would have some allergies for like two months, but not bad. And then it would start up all over again. So I pretty much was afraid of the outside for a long time. And I remember the moment when I was in my I want to say I was like 31. I traveled to California and it was in full bloom. And at first I noticed that my energy was like, <gasps> 
plants and flowers and like spring, it smells like spring. And then I was like, wait, I'm okay. Then I like embraced spring for the first time in 31 years. It was insane. And I, I remember how transformative it really was. Like it heightened all of my other senses. And I really embraced, like I said, that this time period and just seeing the colors, it was like I was a baby experiencing spring for the first time. It was really cool. Wow. Looking back, do you know what you think caused all that illness? Yeah. Well, I was very energetically sensitive. So I was growing up, depending on the time of the year, basically it was five to six children. I'm one of them. <laughs> so around four or five other children in the house. And then my parents, it was a lot of different energies and we spanned 20 years of ages. So it was like all different life stages going on in the same house. That was really, really tough because I had a lot of energy in my space always. Nothing was ever sacred. I had no safe space except for the bathroom. Spent a lot of time in the bathroom just because I knew that the door locked and I was the only one that was going to be in my space at that time. So I would read. I'd read like for a long period of time. It's just like my family knows this about me because I still kind of tend to do this. (laughs) I will just like retreat to a bathroom and just like hang out. It's really weird that that was what was the only place I really felt like it was mine. Because I actually miss healing from colitis. I used to spend a lot of time in the bathroom and now I don't spend much time in the bathroom at all and I miss it. So sometimes I just go <laughs> to the toilet and I just sit there. Right? And I'm You're just like, like oh, what are you doing I'm like, just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. And now my son is starting to do that. He doesn't need to. We try to usher him out of the bathroom or whatever. That's so funny. Yeah. So that was that was my oh. escape. So you really suffered until you were like 31 years 30, old? 30 years old. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I was super, 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 super sick. What I would consider really sick. One, I'm sure I had Lyme disease growing up, underlying everything. I was allergic to gluten. I was allergic to dairy. I had them all the time. So it, like my body was just super inflamed. I was in fight or flight because of all of that. But I also was in fight or flight because I had no space. If I put my hairbrush down here, there was no guarantee that it would be right there mm. in the morning or the next time right. I needed it. I definitely thought there were weird shortages within the world. I thought there wasn't enough socks that were created for people like there wasn't any in my house. Like Uh I thought there wasn't enough hair ties. You couldn't get hair ties. I also thought there was not enough tax in the world because like I would like to pin things up on my wall and like we'd go around and steal them from each other. Whereas like any normal kid would probably just say to their mom, like, I don't have any socks that fit me. Can we buy some more or whatever? But I just literally felt, of course, my mom would get those things for me if they were available. So it was just such a weird mindset. And I, I was in fight or flight basically for 30 years. I mean, when I finally took energy healing, my first energy healing class, which was 26 or slash 27, I think I was just turned 27. That's when everything changed for me. And I could feel the vibrational shifts that were going on within my body. And I started to crave green things versus sugary things. And then I just let go of Diet Coke and I let go of all these other things and it became a lot easier to heal. And so between 26 and 30, I was less sick, but I still had some major problems in that time period. Like I got a staph infection that almost ate all the way through my muscle to the bone, that kind of craziness. Like I had to be on three months of antibiotics in order to get rid of it. So, so there was still some time period in there where it was still awful. Oh, I wanted to tell you about this. I don't know if we've ever discussed this. When I was 30 years old, 
I was like, I'm done taking this asthma medicine. Like I just, it was a daily dosage that I've been taking since I was probably 15, maybe younger. I, I can't even remember. Medicine was just something I always took. So I was just like, okay, whatever. I didn't really like think, oh, I started taking this at this point. Right. <laughs> it's just a complete guess, but I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I, I'm not going to turn 30 because it was like a week before. I'm not going to turn 30 and take this medicine. And I went to this hypnotherapist and I was like, help me out here. And so we totally did this amazing healing around. First of all, I was like, I don't even know if hypnosis works. Okay. At the time I was completely like, whatever, we'll see. I had just gotten in a fight with my twin sister on my way there. So I was like, this is never going to work now that I'm like this heated. Right. And I sit down in the chair and she's like, close your eyes. And I'm like, (laughs) so annoying. (laughs) And I'm like, and I I think I might even have opened my eyes. I'm like, this is definitely not going to work. You're going to have to work really hard in order for this to work. And she's like, "Mm, okay. So I closed my eyes again. And all of a sudden there was this it looked like a flashlight was going up and down my body. So I was like, oh, okay. She's doing this so I can relax and pay attention. So I watched it go from the top of my head down to my feet and back up. And I was like, wow, this is really nice. I was like, I almost feel like there's a warmth coming from it. That's really amazing. It must be a really bright flashlight. Then she takes me into this whole journey into my lungs. And I'm like, oh, wow, I've never seen inside my lungs. And I could feel some grief that was in there. And I was letting go of that. And then all of a sudden I was like, wow, it feels like a cold cave in here. Like this feels kind of like expansive and nice and clear. And I was like, cool. So then I came out of it and she was like, how do you feel? And I was like, you know, thank God you had that really bright flashlight that actually had like some heat. I was able to relax into it. And she would go, what flashlight? (laughs) And I was like, the flashlight that you use that went from the top of my head down to my feet. And she was like, there was no flashlight. And I was like, no, no, no. There had to have been like, that was so freaking bright. There had to have been a flashlight. And I say, please, can you stand up? Like, is it anywhere around you? And she was like, it is really not. And I was like, whoa. So, and then that day forward, I didn't take my medicine. Yeah. And I was, I had some struggles like in the beginning trying to come off of it because anytime I had previously gone off of it, and that was a steroid, isn't it? It was, it was a steroid. Anytime I had gone off of it, I almost died. Like I would be playing soccer and I wouldn't get my shipment in or I forgot to pick it up or whatever. And I'd be like, ah, it's only one pill or two pills or whatever. I'll be fine. No freaking way. It was disastrous. There was a tiny bit of a shift there, a little bit of a bump. I remember, but it was nothing. And then I was, I think it was because I changed my diet. I cleared the energy and I continue to live a healthy lifestyle. I think hypnotherapy is communicating with your unconscious or subconscious at a subconscious level. So what do you think she did? It's not so much what she did. I think it's what my own body did. When I first started doing energy work, I thought, oh, this is cool. Like I get to help people to heal by moving out energy. That makes them feel better. But really what I'm doing is clearing interference. I'm basically like a linebacker (laughs) who's like, get out of here, get out of here. And then my guy's going to run all the way to the goal, right? Not my guy, meaning like me, but like their spirit is going to heal themselves and they're going to go to the goal. And I'm just getting the guys out of the way that are keeping them from being able to heal themselves. I don't heal them. They heal themselves. I get the guys out of the way so they can do what they naturally would do, which is go to the end zone. There's your football update, people. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it first. (laughs) Energy. I don't think anybody's ever talked about energy healing in that way, which is pretty funny. I've at least never heard of that. I think that's really cool. That's really cool. I didn't, I didn't know that about the asthma and you know, it's so true when you start taking the toxic bad stuff out of your life, it opens up a whole new world. I quit diet Coke. 
I don't even know how many years ago, four years ago, maybe. Yeah, maybe three years ago. Oh, I miss it every day. But really? Yes, I miss that taste of Diet Coke, but I, I could not take a sip of it knowing what it is anymore. I think I stopped drinking in, I want to say like maybe 2009. Yeah. Yeah. And I probably have had one or two sips since then. Like there are times where I'm like on a road trip and I'm like, oh my God, I totally would have like loved to get, you know, yeah. some sort of soda, but there's just no way I would ever do that. I was a big diet soda connoisseur. Like I would rate convenience stores by how many refrigerated drinks they had, like, and cause they would have a good variety of diet Cokes, like diet Sunkist or diet Mountain Dew, or I loved all that stuff. It is so bad. I mean, I think about little by little taking all the little things out of your life that you consume that you know are not good for you. People always ask me like, what do you think the biggest impact your improvement in health and healing from ulcerative colitis? Like, what do you think it was? And it's like, there's so many little pieces to it. You you're know? getting the interference out, right? Yeah, you're getting the interference out. Exactly. If you have streamlined what's coming in so that it's not going to interfere, then you're good. And that's what you did. You took out the thing that was interfering from the mm -hmm. cellular communication, which mm -hmm. also then we talk about this in a woo-woo way, saying like lowers my vibration, but it does. It literally changes the communication within the, the cells in the body. And then it makes it harder for you to have a higher vibration. Is it possible to have a higher vibration while you're drinking Diet Coke? Absolutely. Also, I believe if you feel like Diet Coke is the fountain of youth, it probably is going to do something way different for your body than it's going to do for my body because I can't come up with that deep realization unless I did a ton of work around it, which would be unnecessary and, and a waste of time because I don't care. But like if those people who I truly believe that there are people on this planet, because I've actually read the studies where you can be doing the most awful things, technically, you know, smoking, drinking, whatever the terrible things are. But if you have community and if it is like not shameful when you're doing it and if it's just supported through that community and there's connection, they live longer. They just do. And I don't know that they live necessarily healthier or they have more impact in the world. That's something separate. But I do think that there are many different ways to look at each person. And that's why I am not a fan of one size fits all. I feel like everybody should choose what works for them. And for me, it wasn't Diet Coke. It wasn't a lot of things like sugar and gluten still to this day. Like I'm starting to figure out that I might even be celiac. Yeah. I have not had gluten in a really long time, but it, I'm having a certain reaction from gluten that I'm like, I don't know where this is coming from. And it might just be the butter knife, or it might be me handling Aiden's sandwiches or making dinner because I make two separate dinners sometimes. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. It's a big pain in the ass, but like, I care that much about myself because I know I will get depressed. I will be more emotional. I'll feel lost more if mm -hmm. I have gluten. It's a lot of people think, oh, I should have like chronic diarrhea or something like that. Like something right. very physical for me, it's more emotional. And, and what's crazy is I've worked with my friend, Kim, who was on the podcast and she, she might actually be on it soon. She will take me through an allergy and we'll find all the energy networks that are related to that allergy. And it's pretty freaking amazing how it can get imprinted. So I'm going to have to hire her to finish off this gluten shit because it's just too, it's not at this point, it's really That's annoying. Great. And see me, who's my holistic doctor says, do not eat gluten. I don't have celiac. I don't necessarily feel anything when I have it, except for if I eat a lot, I just feel, yeah. 
And Do you feel like, like there's a brick in your stomach? Because that's what I used to feel. I haven't had it for so long. I just think I felt like tired and just kind of weaker, just feel just not as energetic. Yeah. I think that's more that. Yeah. Pretty crazy. So I have some other questions. I know we kind of got off, but these are good conversations. Remind us like when your gifts really opened up. I, I, I remember, but I, I don't know. If when I, I was 16 years old, or sorry. Whoa. Holy crap. That must have been, whoa. That was like uh, me channeling what, something. Really? Holy moly. What happened when you were 16? Then? Okay. So <laughs> that is true. Yes. That is when I broke my back. I was on my back for nine months, 95 to 97% of the time. It was nuts. Yeah. I would only come down for meals and sometimes the meals would be brought up to me because I was laying down and I would have to like prop myself a little bit. I started getting like indigestion because I was eating while I was laying down. It was terrible. But you in a um, cast? Mm-hmm, I was in a body cast. It was a removable one that they specially fitted for my body, which was, let me tell you, as 16 years old, so wonderful being in front of like three people putting a sleeve over your body oh. and finding all the imperfections and then drawing them. That was great <laughs> oh, so that man. they can make a mold that fits your body. Anyway, it was removable so I could take a shower and then put it back on, which was really great. But the reason why I think that came out was because I... it's like so interesting that just came out when I came downstairs after I had seen the final doctor that finally figured out what was wrong with me because being 16 years old and breaking your back is like so unusual that they weren't even looking for it. And I kept saying, mom, this is what I need. I need something to support the front. I need something to support the back. I can't do this. I can't do that, whatever. And this doctor, as soon as I walked in within five minutes, he knew this is why we go to experts because they just hone in boom, boom, boom. I would have given anything to have him three months earlier to get me out of that pain, get me on my healing journey. He said to me, Amy, you're going to have to get a surgery or you can lay on your back for who knows how long, and it may not work. It may not heal on its own, but we can see. And I said, mom, I'm getting the surgery. And that was the day that I saw him. The next day I came down and she's like, I'm going to follow up. I'm going to get you that surgery for you. You know, like, is this still what you want to do? And I was like, no. And I don't even know where that came from. And it was so an intuition that was so strong. It was like, nope, you are not doing this. It had to be part of the plan of the whole plan. I'm saying like of my life, because one, I was able to calm the F down. Like I told you guys, I was in fight or flight. Like my body needed that for sure. And I rearranged who I thought I was very drastically in that year because I was so into sports. It was always about the sports. It was always about soccer. School came second. I also believed a lot of things about myself that were not true because my peers would project that onto me, that I was a dumb blonde. I mean, as you can tell, like my brain's not normal. (laughs) So I would ask some seriously weird questions, but they had merit and they were legitimate, probably channelings about the way of the universe. And I was asking them and and all my classmates thought I was ridiculous. Yeah. I was like, Oh, something's wrong with me, you know, because I have these questions. And so when I wasn't in the classroom and I was learning, I could ask my private tutor that I got to see once a week, these questions and they could answer them and nobody laughed at me. So then I was like, Oh, so I actually have good questions and I'm very inquisitive and I'm actually really good at science. I really enjoy science. And that's when I raced my chemistry teacher through the final. And she obviously knew the answers because she came up with the final. And I got an A plus in chemistry all the way through the whole year. 
Wow. And an A plus on the chemistry final. Like I loved it. I never, ever would have done that well if I had been in the classroom because I was going off of the beliefs that other people had of me Mm. and also thinking like, yeah, well, this is fun and nice. You know, we're learning about science, but let's get out on the soccer field. Let's go play soccer. That was where my focus was always. So it just got redirected. And I mean, that year I also lost my history teacher. History is pretty straightforward. You read the book and then you get the answer and you you just like regurgitate it basically. But I was in high level math, whatever that was. I was struggling because I only got to see my, my teacher for two hours for the whole week. So I said to my history teacher, can you help me with math? And I'll do the history myself. And sure enough, he was, but he was an older gentleman. And unfortunately his wife died of breast cancer. And then I swear he died of a broken heart just like six months later. He just was that kind of man. So Mm -hmm. I lost him in the middle of the year, which was like devastating to me. Mm -hmm. And one of the teachers that I had, do you remember the Drew Rock show or Drew, what the heck is it? Cleveland Rocks, that that show, Drew Carey. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lady that was on that show. Do you remember her? She the had the one? the weird one with the crazy yeah. eyebrow, like yeah. our crazy blue eyeshadow. Really nice to say, but she did look different than everybody else. She she was a character, but that lady was the lady who was my Spanish teacher was her, uh-huh. and she was so mean too. And she would come, and I'm like, "Do you understand? I have a broken back. Like I am trying to answer these questions. I have some shit on my mind right now. What is going on?" I can't answer the questions with a pen. And she was like, well, then you can't answer the questions. And I'm like, I can't write uphill like lady, (laughs) like the pen doesn't work that way. Like I need to answer in pencil, but I just remember that. So anyway, it was a real huge growth experience that year. And and then, and by the way, my twin sister was going through her junior year of high school, all normal. She got to go to the dances and she got to hang out with friends and she got to do whatever it is. And I had to like, it was in my face. So I had to handle that and I had to deal with that. It was a lot going through that year, but I I think that is probably when I first opened up my gifts, but I would say more importantly, 26 years old was when like, it just became so obvious that I had something else going on with me. Meaning like I felt what was going on in my twin sister's eyes, what was going on in my dad's mouth. That's when you started really meditating. Yeah. When I could tell the future. I remember one time I was sitting with, I was texting back and forth with Fen and she was asking me some questions and I was getting all this information. I was like, they're going to contact you through your email. They're going to be from Craigslist. This is going to be their name. Literally seconds later, an email came in. It was from them. And I'm like, they're a firefighter and a nurse. And I just was reading information like it was a book. And I was like, what the hell is going on? How can I know all this stuff? And I, meanwhile, I'm still, that was when I was going through my job. Cause so we were just texting. It wasn't like we had a conversation. It wasn't like I was meditating. It was just, I was in the flow of the energy. And I remember driving through Southwest with Fen in the car and she was like, yeah, I'm going to, I think I'm going to make a, uh, an investment in some property. And she's like, but you know, I really just want to go to Japan and like travel. And I was like, if you go to Japan, you're not going to buy the property. And sure enough, it was like six months later, she wound up buying the property, not going to Japan. And then I helped her through that whole property purchase. And I said, I don't, I can't even tell you why these colors are coming to me, but they were like pink, orange, and yellow. And I said, the the house has those colors. Sure enough, they were pink, yellow, and orange. And it was like a whole development that was like in muted colors like that. And I was like, who even paints like a whole development in those colors? Like it was nuts. So that's when I knew, I mean, it was, there was enough things that were happening that I was like, 
something is got to be happening. There's just more than me. And that's what I always said when I would work with you or anybody else prior to the podcast, obviously, because I talk about all this stuff. It's like, I wish I could dump the contents of my brain out and all these experiences that I've had, but there was just no freaking way that I would ever know these certain things that, and I knew them, right. That it had to be something more than me. Right. That's so crazy. I want to talk about that a little bit more, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because this is really important for people out there to hear. Everything is energy. And here's what I'm talking about. So the firefighter and the nurse sent Fenella an email on Craigslist and said, we're really interested in renting your, was a condo. And they said, we, we defaulted on our payments or whatever. So we have a really bad credit score, but we're working on it. And this is what happened and why, or something like somebody got fired real fast for whatever reason. And so she asked me, she said, can, since you knew that they were, you know, a firefighter and nurse, can you tune in and find out if they're like, you know, lying that they're going to actually make the payments. And so I tuned in and I'm like, no, Spirit says, trust them, trust them. They're going to be the best tenants you could ever ask for. And she trusted me. So I felt, you know, obviously when you're going through this in the beginning, you feel responsible for some of the things that you say, right? You're like, not just the messenger. You're like, oh, please don't hate me. But um, so anyway, so I said, yeah, they said to trust them. Well, they turned out to be the most amazing ten- tenants and she had them for like 10 years paying monthly on time. If something broke, they fixed it. It was oh, like wow. this complete whole situation where they c- it couldn't have gone better. So that's part A of what I wanted to talk about is that there's like a whole organization of the energy and the flow of how things happen. And if you listen carefully, it's there. The second thing is when she was going to purchase it, she had like lowballed them. And I was like, you can lowball them if you want, but this guy is not going to take it. And she was like, well, whatever. I'm the one that's in real estate and you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, I mean, not that exact energy, but like right. she basically was like, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, this is not me. This is the message. Like he's not going to take a low ball offer. Sure enough, did not take the low ball offer. I said, you need to offer this amount of money because there is something around that amount of money that he is not willing to compromise. In fact, I feel like it's related to a, a split up or a marriage like ending or something like that. And he's adamant about it. Well, sure enough, a couple of low ball offers been, you know, throughout there, the real estate agent actually came back to her and was like, listen, he's not going to accept anything lower than this number. And I was like, that's the number that I gave her. <laughs> and I'm like, that is all energy that's there. People yeah. have reasons for the things that they do. And that was one of the first things that I learned in psychology class was, and, and here's my intuition. I was just like, oh yeah, I took all the psychology classes because they were fun. And I was following my intuition on that. But for every single behavior, there is a reason. And I've always looked, what is the reason behind that behavior? Where did it come from? Using that lens throughout the world and throughout my experiences has really been helpful. Because if somebody freaks out, I'm like, what's the real truth in here? Like, why is this person really freaking out? Is it me or is it their past or is it about the situation? Do they feel uh, disempowered? Like, why is it? And and here's a good point because that's that's something that Mark and I really try and do is dig deep. Why am I feeling this? What is this about? What is the root? What is the root reason for this? And it's just digging deeper and asking those questions. Yeah. We're really coming out of this era of masking symptoms and sweeping things under the rug and realizing that it really truly makes things worse when we do that. 
it went nowhere. I can guarantee you that. Like I just said, everything is energy. That shit is still there unless you decide to release it. Right. And by bypassing it, you're just wasting time until you have to deal with it again. Right. It's carrying around like dead weight. You know, it is to get rid of it, mm-hmm. figure out what it is, then you can release it. So if you mm-hmm. don't figure out what it is, it just continues to follow you around. And it's like, you're going to be walking around with thousands of pounds, thousand pound weight all over, you know, on you. I think that also the intuition is a big thing. And I, in that we're, it's all about energy and, and I'm realizing this more and more. And I listened to a podcast the other day and it was talking about like, what's between here and reaching your dreams or reaching your goals. And it came down to like faith. I mean, you have to have faith that you're fully supported and that you will achieve those things. You will get those things. And then you just have to keep an open mind and, and listen for the, the guidance. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really keep on going back to. You know, Mark and I have these big dreams and big goals and we're going through a scary time in, in our lives where there's a lot of change that's coming about because I've talked about our RV adventure. I want to sell our house in the next year or so. And get an RV and travel for a year full time. And there's a lot of different things that have to happen to make that occur. I actually really quickly ran into my neighbor about a month ago and was telling her that we're looking to sell our house. And she was like, do you know so-and-so? They're looking to buy a house, your model, and they've been looking for a year and they've been unsuccessful. And so I was like, huh, well, then I can reach out to her. And actually, I realized that about a week before I had talked to a real estate agent and put it out to the universe that we're not going to put our house on the market. Someone we're going to know or she knows is going to come to us and it's going to be off market and really easy. And then like a week and a half later, I run to my neighbor that's like, so-and-so is interested in your model. You should reach out. The woman reached out to me and they're coming to look at our home and possibly put an offer. I mean, they're interested in our home and they want to give us an offer. Wow. Like, I was just saying to myself, like, just keep doing that. Just keep doing that. And it all mm-hmm. comes. And, and I keep on saying it's all going to arrive when it's supposed to in the best way possible, easiest way, most money, you know, and just leave it at that. And I'm just waiting for it to open up. And I think that's something that we all just have to remember is put it out there. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen. And then listen to your intuition and just go with it. I'm not sure what I was responding to on that, but that just came to mind. (laughs) Well, that there's energy, you know, it's all energy and we forget that sometimes. Even I forget it. I mean, I'm human. I I will get into the thick of it and be like, (laughs) this is annoying. (laughs) And then I'll be like, wait a second, Amy, why are you annoyed? Let's zoom out. Let's see what's going on here. And it's really just paying attention to those nudges and then figuring out from there. Exactly. So a couple more questions. We'll go for some easy one. What's your favorite book? Biology Belief. Biology Belief. Because <laughs> I'm a nerd. Never heard of that one. Biology of Belief? Yes, you have. No. We've I talked haven't... about it a million times. You have? Okay. You're forgetting. Bruce Lipton. Okay. It blew my mind. Like it was not probably like the best read or anything like that, but blew my mind. I also would say that anatomy of spirit blew my mind as well. So that would be the science aspect, you know, blowing my mind and realizing that we all are energy and that our body is made up of energy and it's in the cells and all that. But then to read anatomy of spirit, which is by Carolyn Meese and her connecting emotions and things that happen in your life to the different chakras that also blew my mind. So that I was reading those kind of basically simultaneously. And I think the combination of the two really helped me to like 
create this balance between science and spirit. And it's funny because just a couple of years ago, I was talking to this guy who is very successful in the health and wellness field. And he was like, so what do you do? I'm like, well, I connect the science and spirit for people. And I do other, you know, I do healings and things like that with people. But uh, he was like, oh, there's not an audience for that. And I was (laughs) like, oh, (laughs) really? I'm like, because I am the audience. So that's interesting. You're talking to somebody who actually is the audience for that. And I love when I meet people who connect the the science and spirit. And he's like, well, you're either in the personal development or you're in this other field, the science field or whatever. And I'm like, how about both? Like, can we just bring them together? Like, so anyway, so it's interesting that I'm, you know, I apparently forging a new path where people are connecting these things. And it's really just comes down to energy. It looks like science and spirit are separate, but they're really not. Right. My brother is a trained doctor, MD. Doctor, yeah. I got him into energy and working. He'd worked with you for a little while and he eats that alive is that cross-section where mm-hmm. the science is behind this because it's really hard sometimes to get your hands around and your head around energy. It seems so out there. Right. Love that. Oh, I'll have to add those to my books. They're on my favorites. So if you go to my webpage, you can do slash favorites. So it's Stark Transformation slash Amy's favorites, I think is actually is what it says. And all the books that I love are there, but awesome. those two are there. That's one thing that I love about 75 Hard, another plug, is that I never was a reader. I had this limiting belief that I'm not a good reader. I don't comprehend well. And I read 10 pages a day and I'm on my seventh book uh, from starting 75 Hard. It's amazing. And I've learned so much. It's all personal development books and it's been really impactful. I love it. Okay. So what's your favorite quote? Ooh, I love quotes. I don't know if you know about this about me, but I love quotes and I, in the bathroom, would read a lot of them. (laughs) Um, But my favorite one is tie your horse tight, but trust in God. I think it's an Arabian proverb, but I'm not positive. I haven't heard that one. I like it. So what it's saying is basically tie your horse tight, which means don't be stupid. Take a look around, take inventory but trust in God, know you're supported, know that if you're going to do something that you're going to be rewarded and things like that. But like, don't take a aimless leap into something, right? Right. Take a calculated leap is really what they're trying to say. And and I really appreciate that. I'm a fan of that. Like definitely tie your horse tight, but trust in God. I like that. Thanks for sharing. Okay. Favorite movie. (laughs) This is definitely spiritual. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nope. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless you consider it spiritual, I don't know, but dumb and dumber. What's so funny about dumb and dumber is I hated it. The first time I saw it, I looked at it way too seriously. I was like, this is the dumbest movie ever. And as soon as those words came out of my mouth, I was like, you missed the point, Amy, you yeah. miss the freaking point. So then I watched it again and I was like, this is freaking hysterical. Like it's so dumb. The lines are incredible. I lo- I'm silly. Like that's who I am. I am mm-hmm. silly. And I am still a kid. Like I just had all those kids touch things that were supposed to be body parts. Cause like, I wanted to hear them go like, like, yeah, the <laughs> fake body parts. I am a kid at heart. And so yeah. that movie is just really funny. <laughs> I love that. It's a great movie, really great movie and makes you laugh really hard. Okay. Last favorite question is favorite singers slash musician. Favorite female musician is Sarah McLaughlin. I one time met her and was completely speechless, which was really funny. I literally could not say hello. Like that's, I don't get starstruck easily, but of course with her, I did. 
And then Keith Urban, who I've not met yet. And I say yet because I'm open to it. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I love when people say yet. He is so freaking great. Like he definitely went through a dark night of the soul. Sarah McLaughlin, obviously she talks about that kind of stuff all the time, like multiple ones, but he's a guy and he is in country, which I do like country music. I don't know. I just hear his voice. It's like my Sunday morning service. Like, I don't know what it is. It just feeds my soul and it makes me in a good mood. And uh, I do love him. I completely agree. Both of those are great. And I particularly love Keith Urban. I love his music. I love his messages. Yeah. Messages are great. The writing is great. And then the music just makes you feel good and just want to move. I I Mm -hmm. love, I love everything. Super soulful. Yeah. Like also Jason Mraz. I I was going to say Jason Mraz. Yeah. Super soulful with his voice. And you know what? I listened to why he created I'm Yours. We didn't talk about this. So I'm supposed to be playing the guitar every single day. Now I stopped because one, my fingers started really hurting and I was going numb and I kind of got worried because I do energy healing. So I was going to see what happened if it got tougher or whatever. And then also got crazy with work, but those are excuses. I understand that. I was so excited because he, in the, the program, described like why and how he wrote I'm yours. He actually downloaded it from the universe and I'm yours is really, he's saying I'm yours to God. Like, yeah. And he's just basically saying, this is our divinity that's running through us. So it's not really for someone else. It's about his connection with God. And I was like, I "I know. Right. I was like, of course I would love that. (laughs) Now I have to listen to that better. Mark and I's song is I won't give up. Oh, Yeah, that's our song. I love that song. I like Jason Mraz a lot. That's awesome. Okay, so and I think this is a really good one. I think we know, we think we know, but what do you really feel your your mission, your life's purpose is all about? It's a really good question. It's definitely evolved over time. I've definitely known very weirdly from the moment I started meditating that I would share this message with a lot of people. I'm talking millions of people like, and, and let me just tell you, I, of anyone that you would ever know, you would not have picked me <laughs> as being that person. Right. I never would have picked me as that person. I've never, ever wanted to be in the spotlight. And when I woke up, literally, I was like, uh, that's me. Like, I got to do that. And I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to share all this stuff with everybody, but I worked towards it and I just stayed in my intuition and following my heart and just feel feeling what feels good and connecting all these things. I mean, I think because like we talked about all these very specific things happened to me that I was like, there's just no way. Like Amy, remember the story about me going to the bookstore and like hearing that there was a, you know, a message in here for me. And I was like, ah, you know, that's just so cute. You know, new agey for me to think there's a message, but it literally is a note in here that says, dear Amy, this is not your gift. And I was like thinking my favorite stories. Yeah. It's like freaking nuts. So many specific things happen that I was like, it would be unfair if I didn't share this stuff. Like it would be unjust if I didn't, because people need to know that there's more to life than just what meets the eye. And I lived that way for a really long time. I've always been a very loving person, but this is a whole new level of connection and love and support and beauty and joy that I get to share with people that I never, ever thought I would be doing. I really thought I would have like four kids, five kids, and probably be a stay-at-home mom, maybe a teacher. That was probably what was on the schedule for me if I had not woken up. And I actually, I think on that track, I would have died at 40. 
from all the health right. complications that were going on for, from all the years of being under that tremendous stress. Die at 40. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I regularly told people in my early twenties that I was going to die when I was 40, which felt like forever away, but it really truly wasn't. Cause now I'm 40, almost 42, 41 and a half. <laughs> I think I was just on that path because I was on a lot of medications. I was under a lot of stress. I didn't know anything about true healing, whether it was energetic or nutritionally speaking. And I don't know if I had a bunch of kids and was working a full-time job, if I would have figured it out, but I happened to be right at the right moment under the right circumstances to figure this out. That's awesome. So, oh, so my purpose is to really share what's possible in terms of healing, in terms of what's out there. I think my purpose, honestly, is just to really, truly love people. I know that sounds corny, but when somebody comes to me and is vulnerable about how life has treated them or how they feel life has treated them, and they're feeling desperate and alone and stuck and sick and all those things, mm-hmm. I love nothing more than just shining a huge ass fucking light at them and shaking out that doubt, shaking out that resistance, shaking out the sadness, the grief, the feeling of being lost. That's what I I love doing. And And I'm so grateful that you are doing that because you have impacted me an incredible amount, immense amount, changed my life and so, so, so many others. So thanks, Aim. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to end the show. Yeah, I guess that is. Yeah. Thank you for asking me all those cool questions. Yeah, it was great. I I learned some new things about you today and I thought it was really, really great show. And so you're going to tell us how to find everything we need to know. Oh, there's a bunch of things that are coming up. So one is January 3rd, the Align training starts, which by the way, we're trying to get the women who were in the first training that went on to the second training. They have been working this past year together. And every once in a while I check in with them, they came to me and said, we want to talk about what a transformative experience it was taking the first align class, moving on to the second one. And then the fact that they've all stayed in touch with each other and like how it's helped them to heal. And that's exactly what I'm here for is give people the tools so they can master their energy so they can heal themselves. And if you're doing it in a group, it's so much stronger. So that starts January 3rd. You should have Um, them on the podcast to talk about it. They came to me and they said, we want to come on the podcast and tell everybody about how amazing this has been. Awesome. Can't wait to hear. It was so unexpected for them. You know, like I'm aware of the power of groups and I'm aware of once you get these tools, like how it can transform your life, but this far exceeded their expectations of where they would be and what they experienced. So that's um, that's really, yeah. And the pod healings, there's only a few left on the schedule currently. So I'm not sure, you know, how we're going to go in the future. I keep just listening to intuition and things like that. So Currently, there's a couple of them, a few openings left. If you want to join a pod healing, that's been amazing. So far, we've done two. There's a third one coming up. Amy, I don't think I told you this. The second pod healing, there was two people signed up and one person moved hers to the next session. So one person got a full solo healing with me. And it was a really fun conversation. She's a really special lady. And she had found me through a podcast I had been on somebody else's. And then she binged listened to mine. And then she bought my course. And so then she signed up for a pod healing. So anyway, she was like this. on the Amy train. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And it's what I want. That's why I have all these things that are free and and cheap. And I want to help people up-level themselves as many people as possible so we can 
get to the right Everybody frequency. should. It's, uh, you have so, 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 so much to share. And I think everybody should take advantage of as much as possible because it is life-changing. Thank you. So anyway, her, she was like this far exceeded my expectations for the pod healing. So that was fun. And, um, and then I have an EFT class coming out November 9th, um, which is live. But if you happen to miss it, cause I'm not sure when this is going to air, I'm going to be offering the recording so you can listen anywhere, anytime, learn EFT, find out the science behind it, either teach your kids or, you know, show your kids the video you know, send me in a message if you want me to come into your school or come into your police department or wherever you might be. And, um, maybe I could do a live training or we can talk about you showing it to a bunch of people wherever you are. So, and for new listeners, EFT is emotional freedom technique. It's a technique to release and move energy. Yeah. But more importantly, it reprograms the brain and how it orients itself to the world so that you have a new experience versus the same old shit happening. And you're like, why the fuck does this keep showing up? And you're just like, oh, <laughs> um, I that's from childhood. You know, you can re- rewrite that stuff, but yeah. it, it turns on 72 genes for healing. It lowers cortisol rates by 37% in one hour. Like it has physical benefits, but it also permanently changes the brain and how it views the world, which is the reticular activating system. So anyway, I go into all that and how amazing and transformative it is. I've done thousands of sessions like with people. The most beautiful thing I think that happens with it is it moves out the things that are were never really truly yours. They were just part of your experience. They're not like the um, essence of you moves them out and more of you is able to take up space yeah. as like a golden light, as a pure, focused, bright light in this world. Awesome. And then how's going on? Support you. Besides, you know, buying your courses and, and yeah, if you, if these podcasts are helping to change your life, please share them with other people. I mean, there's only so much we can do, right. I mean, on my end in terms of getting this word out. So if you know somebody who's struggling, just send them my podcast, they'll pick the right ones to click on, to hear the information. Just trust that it's what they need to hear. Even the vibration of the podcast alone has a healing for everyone. That's one way you can support me is by sharing leaving a review under the podcast would be really awesome. So for Apple, if the more reviews that you get, the more they show it to other people. So that helps to spread the word as well. But also some people just look at the reviews and are like, do I want to listen to this podcast? Cause there's a lot of shit podcasts out there. There's a lot of people who just go through the motions because they think it's the right thing to do, but like, they're not really coming from their heart. I'm just saying there's some people that are doing that this helps to sort those people out. If you leave a real genuine review, that will be really helpful. Find us on Instagram or Facebook, join my email list where I keep you guys abreast of all the things. Cause sometimes I'll get a hair up my ass and I'll say, I'm going to offer this course at this date. And then I do because spirit has told me to do it. So if you're not on my email list, I might not have it on all the channels elsewhere. And you don't know about it. Like sometimes I'm like, why don't I talk about that on the podcast? I need to tell everybody. And then I've already recorded those podcasts and it's too late. So if you're on my email list, you're up to date with what's going on. So, well, good. Well, this is great. Thank you, Amy. It was good to see you. So good to see you. Always great time. All content provided by Amy Stark and or her guests on the Stark Transformation Show website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, are created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.